thank you for joining us for another Kingdom Conversation with Pastor Dominic Butler of Gold Street Garden Church. We are extremely grateful to serve Christ alongside so many wonderful people in this crucial hour. All over the world, God is moving in profound ways through surrendered hearts. We've designed these conversations to illuminate what God is doing and speaking in various regions, because as we gleam and learn from one another, we become more equipped for every good work. The body of Christ is full of precious gifts and callings that manifest in unique and dynamic ways. And because of this, we are so excited for today's conversation as we learn more about the most beautiful one, Jesus. These Kingdom Conversation live streams are a part of Gold Street Garden Church, located in the Palm Harbor, Clearwater, Florida area. For more details, go to goldstreetgarden.com and follow us on social media for all of the freshest content. Enjoy this wonderful time in the presence of God as we talk about the King and His Kingdom. What's going on, everybody? So excited to be with you all this evening. We have a very special guest that I'm going to be bringing on in just a moment, a dear friend of the church, and so excited to be able to just have an opportunity to just hear his heart with uh, the topic of fasting and prayer this evening. I want to let you all know how thankful we are for all of your consecration and the way that you stay faithful to just uh, watching and being on the podcast and all. And we really love these nights to be such a time for discipleship, a time of getting in the word and ultimately focusing on who the word is about, which is the word himself, Jesus Christ. And as I bring on this dear guest tonight, when I have conversation with him, when I listen to his teachings that the Holy Spirit inspires him, I have a longing to know Jesus in a greater way. And when you have a beautiful opportunity tonight to just listen to a man of God that loves Jesus so much. It's all over when he speaks, all over when he talks. And it's very evident in his his family life and all that. You can just see it on him. So without further ado, I want to bring on a dear friend, uh, Michael Dow. And right before I bring him on, make sure you tag somebody. Let them uh, hear about what's going on tonight. They're going to be blessed. They're going to know Jesus in a greater way through this conversation. So I wanted to say hi to Dawn, Dave, Shelby, Jesse, Victoria. We got a whole bunch of people on right now. And uh, make sure uh, if you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, let us know where you're watching from. And if you do have any questions on fasting and we're able to get to it, I'll try to pin it. I have some questions lined up, but we're going to have a great time tonight. So without further ado, I want to bring on a dear friend. How's it going, sir? I am really good, man. It's an honor to be with you tonight. It's an, it's seriously the greatest honor to just be able to talk Jesus with you. I uh, I know that some of the church, Gold Street, just got to see you over the weekend. And that was actually the first thing I wanted to ask you is how how was the Abide uh, conference? What the awakening conference? How what like what was in the what was in the air? What was in your heart like while you were there? Yeah, man, it was crazy to see people from Gold Street Garden. Seriously, like I, I was so blessed um, to know that they were willing to come all the way out. Um, the Awakening Conference at Abide Church was outrageous. Um, you know, Corey Russell was there. Uh, Dr. Michael Brown was there. 
honestly, I didn't really know what I was doing there, but uh, <laughs> no, these man, guys, <laughs> these guys are like epic. And, um, man, it was, there was something really special, you know, going on over those days. Um, a hunger for Jesus, like an opening of his bride. Um, you know, Saturday night, I had the privilege to just kind of share a little bit on uh, the subject, awakening the groan, mm. um, you know, which, which was super cool, um, you know, but it was a lot of fun, man. Um, real crazy presence. Um, you know, we were out there. It was a real blessing for us just to be invited to the party, to be able to go and hop in with those guys, Pastor Gio and Destiny, um, you know, at Abide Church. They're, they're awesome. That's amazing. I actually, I had the privilege of uh, recently, Pastor Gio and I happened to intersect because of friends of friends. And it was right before the oh. conference that uh, I, I just had the privilege of just speaking to him this past week. We're supposed to meet up soon, but uh, he seems like a really awesome guy. And wow. obviously inviting you all out seals the deal for me. I'm like, he must be legit. If if <laughs> if you're going to have Michael Dow come out, I know, oh, I know yeah, you're yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but no, that's amazing. And I know I'm going to put this, uh, it's already in the description, everything, but I want everybody to know, make sure uh, you go to burningones.org to continue to find more information on Michael Dow's ministry. And, and we, we have all this information put out and I want to even showcase some of your books this evening as we, we talk. And actually I have them, I had them right next to me. Here we are. Oh my. So we got the the fasting, which it's so funny that your your second book of fasting is bigger than the first one, <laughs> it's like, it's, which is so you got, if I can get it in the camera. So we got these fasting books that I have been just diving into ever since you came. Uh, just a, it was it's already been a little over a month ago when you uh, came yeah. out to the church. And I, I, the, one of the main reasons I really wanted to have you on tonight, other than the fact that every time I talk jesus with you i just get so excited and just uh, fall more in love with him myself our church uh gold street garden we we want to we're going on a five-day fasting tomorrow and uh just wanted to field you some some questions that i know that you have a lot of expertise in by the holy spirit has really illuminated some things to you and we're really honored to be able to talk with you a little bit about um some of those things but right before we go right into fasting i want to give you the floor to just say that since the turn of the the year 2020 to 2021 i just wanted to hear what's been the what's the big and i know you were just talking about awakening the groan while you were there what's a word that's been in your heart for 2021 that you're going after personally with your family and with burning ones what's like something that's like really in your spirit just to get us right off the bat. Yeah, every every time I turn to the Lord, um, it's a great question. I keep hearing the same phrase, ready my bride. Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, I think for so long, we've tried to ready ourselves for a specific context. We've tried to ready ourselves for a certain potential candidate. We've tried to ready ourselves for certain legislative you know, processes, well, if I just had these laws or these rules or this person in leadership or this person overseeing the nation, um, and really we need to ready our hearts before the Lord um, because Jesus is possessing once again his bride in these days. Um, he is taking center stage. He needs to become the main attraction 
It's all about Jesus. <laughs> it's going to all become about Jesus. Man, I'm telling you, the days of performance are over. The days of politicking over. The Come days on. of trying to push our platform are over. Like it's all being recentered once again on the man, Christ Jesus, on this beautiful king, um, the worthy one. You know, and so readying the bride to me, um, Jesus is already preeminent, but we've been preoccupied with so many things. Um, so, you know, so like I feel like all the preoccupations of the heart are being stripped away. Um, all of the shaking, all of the different sifting of, you know, the world situations and all of those things. I, I'm not saying that God is initiating those things. Um, right. Like like everything is not initiated by the Lord, but everything falls subject to the Lord. Um, he's not starting it all, but he definitely uses it all. Right. Mm -hmm. He works all things together for good. Um, so I, I just man, in these days, uh, our hearts just being spent, us being more sensitive to a real person, to a real person, mm -hmm. becoming more sensitized to a real person, like his nearness, his goodness, man, like the, the powerful reality that he is exalted above all things. We've received an unshakable kingdom, bro. Like all, all the worldly stuff, you know, all, all the, all the circumstantial stuff, like all the, all the politics, all the economics, all the health advisory stuff, right. Where we'd be more shaken by the voice of Jesus than we would the voice of Dr. Fauci. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, bro, like it's time to ready the bride to be the bride to burn bright in our day. Um, but we it's it's not going to be possible to do that, man, unless we, we recenter our gaze, you know, and, and stop looking at all this other crazy stuff um, and start looking at this, this beautiful man. Um, Thank you. I, I really needed that. There was there was a lot of one liners in there that are in repeat. <laughs> It's like echoing in my heart right now. So, <laughs> but I, I couldn't agree with you more uh, with when it comes to just confirming that in the spirit. My wife and I, we've even ever since the beginning of Gold Street and launching out on some words, that was the thing in our heart that it's time to ready the bride. Like it's a very, very specific calling that it, it changes the whole perception of of church it changed the whole perception of the american church i should say it, it changes the whole perception of definitions that when you just are focused on a, a, a wedding day you know just as a bride is getting ready for the wedding day it consumes all of her thoughts so when she's trying to get everything ready for that day you know you talk to any bride to be that day is like she can't go to the grocery store or go anywhere without thinking oh this would be awesome for that or this would yeah. it's like they're consumed by that reality and that's where we need to be and it's all about like you said at the feet of jesus heaven becomes now. And if we're supposed to bring heaven to earth, we have to be a bride at the feet. So it's so awesome to hear that, Michael. Thank you. I uh, wanted to, so as we get into talking about a few fasting questions, I told you right before we got on tonight, I'm going to ask some very basic questions. It's going to make it sound like I know nothing about fasting, just so no, that way I, we can- that way we can just really get this going. Because I even saw a question already in the uh, comments that I think this will be perfect to discuss is that when we talk about what is biblical fasting, I know personally that I've I've heard different things where sometimes people think it's just, you know, 
in today's culture, people think that you can just fast uh, TV or just fast, uh, you know, and I, you know where I'm going with this, but I just, I want you to give us a clear cut, don't hold back. Tell us what biblical fasting is. Um, so that way there's no confusion on what the elements are. Yeah. See, you're trying to get me in trouble right from the start. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. Like, like I'm here for it, bro. Like uh, lay it on us. a lot of friends, but it's all right. But, but it's, but it is, it's really important, you know, that we define the term correctly. Um, without defining the term correctly, it's hard to interact with it correctly. Um, and fasting as a definition is abstaining from food or particular foods, especially when done unto a religious expression. Um, that's Webster's dictionary. Now, now I know you said, but what about a biblical definition? Um, you know, Webster's has clearly defined it for us. And I feel like that's what we find in the scriptures. Um, fasting, according to the scriptures, in a variety of ways, was about food. Um, and, and this is what's important, right? Because a lot of people say, well, I can fast TV, I can fast Facebook, I can fast the NFL, you know, I can fast going to the mall, I can fast buying a certain item, um, you know, whatever. Fasting is a discipline. It is. Fasting is a discipline. But not all disciplinary actions should be considered a fast. And that's the difference. Not everything that is a disciplinary measure should be considered a fast, but fasting is for sure a disciplinary measure. Um, we are disciplining our lives when we are turning away from food, but it's not just turning from food, right? Because you can turn from food and not actually turn to Jesus. Mm. <laughs> right? Like, like one does not automatically assume or create the other. Um, you can turn from food and still not turn intimately to the Lord. Uh, and you can just be spiritually dieting, um, you know, in, in whatever way it is that you've gone after it. Uh, but for me, and I believe that the scripture speaks to this, um, fasting is about food. Um, fasting is not about Facebook. Um, if we are not disciplined enough to stay away from Facebook because it's interrupting our time, Lord, then we need to bring discipline to our lives. If we're not disciplined enough to turn the TV off and spend time with God, then we need to bring disciplinary actions to our lives in order to be better disciples, which is to discipline our life, pattern it after um, the pattern, Jesus. But fasting is about food. And I find that if we, if we dilute the definition, then we can very easily distort um, the reward because it's, it's not the same. I promise you, you stay away from the table for seven days. It's not going to feel the same, like staying away from Facebook. It's, it's just not, <laughs> it's Let's just hope. not, but, but it's because the two are not doing the same thing, right? There, there is no more simple yet no more powerful offering, right? Man shall not live by bread alone, right? The feeding our natural man. It's, it's longings, it's cravings, the demands that our fleshly man puts on us day by day, right? Paul in Philippians 3 talks about a crowd of folks. Um, he says some pretty, some pretty wild stuff. He calls them enemies of the cross, right? They're, but one thing that he does say in Philippians 3, 18 and 19 is whose God is their appetite. 
Another translation says, whose God is their stomach. Um, man, that's, that's, that's pretty wild. Um, whose God is their stomach. Mm. What he's saying, he's saying, man, like it's, it's real, right? Like he says in Romans 7, we all realize that on the inside, there's a conflict of two natures. Like we all know, like, man, we've been born again. We've given our lives to Jesus. I love him. I, I do. I love him. He's put his spirit in me. God is alive on the inside. There's a work that's happening that is transforming me from what I used to be, forming me to the image of Jesus. Because if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. So praise God, I'm not what I used to be, but now I am what I am by the grace of God. So there's something that's really happening. Um, but Paul references in Romans 7, the conflict of two natures. And this is what he's alluding to, I believe, in small part, right? Not, not in full context, but in small part in Philippians 3. We all realize that there's a conflict at times that happens on the inside. And maybe we don't have the control that we would like to have. And so at times we don't have the confidence that we should have. Now, I'm not talking about a fleshly, mechanical, some carnal maneuvering to be able to, through behavioral modification, just work harder to be a Christian. But this is what I believe is fundamentally being offered to Jesus in the place of fasting. We are bringing our hearts and our lusts beautifully subject to the rule of Jesus as king where he is enthroned by the power of the spirit, which is actually fueling our offering to Jesus as king. And it's in the place of our appetite. Man shall not live by bread alone, right? The continual offering up of our stomachs or natural appetite. Man shall not live by bread alone. There is no more basic warfare than the bug of war that happens in your natural man between the fleshly man and the spirit. And one or the other is desiring to rule, to govern all of the actions, all of the thoughts, all of the practices of our life, right? That's what Paul says in Romans seven, the things I wanna do, for some reason, I can't seem to do them, stuff that I don't wanna do, I keep giving myself to that. He says there's this tug of war happening on the inside, right? Paul's illusion in Philippians 3, whose God is their appetite. Maybe there's some that are on tonight watching and you realize, man, like I've memorized a whole bunch of worship songs. I've memorized a bunch of scripture verses. I give in the offering. I attend meetings. But if I'm going to be, there are still things that are alive on the inside of me. There's desires. There's cravings. There's longings, my fleshly man. And if I'm going to be honest, I don't have the control over those things that I desire to have. And sometimes I fall subject to that craving rather than through the power of the spirit, actually being able to conquer those cravings to where I'm not a prisoner to that longing, to that desire, to whatever my fleshly man is hungry for. That's no longer what determines who I am, but that man has been crucified through the continual offering up of my natural appetite. 
Jesus, you are king and I've given you my appetite. It is amazing to see that in the continual offering up of your appetite in fasting, you also find that your appetite affects your attention and appetite also affects your affections. Mm -hmm. So in fasting, we find the offering up by the power of the spirit to Jesus as king that he rule in the place of our appetite, our attention, and our affections. Um, because the, the, the goal is for this fleshly man to be crucified by the power of the spirit, where the spirit and Jesus as king would be able to rule from the inside of our lives in a real way and not in a way where I'm just faking it till I make it. You know what I mean? Like, bro, I got a lot of problems, but I know how to hide them. Like I can mask them with Christian verbiage and rhetoric. Like I know how to, how to make the moves. And, you know, I know I've adopted the right language. No, no, no. I'm talking about where like Jesus has really been able to do a transformative work on the inside to where we're not trying to suppress those things, but those things have been transformed. They've been conquered. Not to say that we'll never be tempted by the craving for those things, but we'll no longer be a prisoner to that hunger anymore. Um, I know you were asking me for a definition of fasting, bro, but <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm just receiving so much right now. So you just, oh, you, man. you do what you, this is why we have you on it. I, <laughs> I, I just, I field you a question and I get Genesis to revelation. That's what happens. Oh, it's so my. good. Thank you. No, but yeah, I mean, if uh, some of the other questions will even help isolate certain things as well. So just yeah. you, you elaborate as, as, as you will. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is. It, it's really it's really important to me. You know, fasting has been one of the beautiful tools that the Lord has gifted to me and to all of us, right? All of us. There's no special exemption, right? I, I get asked all the time, well, man, there's just like, there's some special grace on you. Um, no, the, I, if there is a special grace, it's the grace to say yes. That's so uh, good. I have, I, I have the gift of yes on my Come life. On. Come on. Um, you know, like there is no other special exemption. You're not going to be able to rule yourself out of the conversation by like, oh, no, it's only for that guy. Um, no, it's for anyone who loves him. Right. Jesus said, when you do it, when you do it in Matthew six, he didn't say if he didn't say, hey, if somebody finally debates you hard enough and they win the argument, he didn't say, hey, if I chase you down and pin you in the corner. Like if I put you between a rock and a hard place, no, man, in Jesus six, or in Jesus six, in Matthew six, Jesus says, when you fast, do it this way, right? So the expectation is if you are a follower of mine, if you're a disciple, if you've been born again, if you've given me your life, if my spirit is in you, if you've bowed your knee, you've surrendered your life and your will, right? My life is no longer my own. Um, I want to be pleasing to you, Lord. Those that love me will obey me, right? So obedience is a love language of Jesus. Um, and he, he details it out for us. When you do this, this is the way that a disciple's life is supposed to look. Um, you know, so he gets to define those terms. Not, not American Christianity, not our own preference, right? It's Jesus that gets to define those terms. He gets to determine what loving him and loving him well looks like. Mm. Um, and he's good. So he does those things.
That's so thank you so much for elaborate. I there was a there I just want everybody to know there was a few really good questions that I I have taken note of them. So I will I will field them. So make sure you stick around uh because they were really good. Because one of the questions I'll ask you in just a few is some of the practical disciplinary things that people should look into because i did see some people even talking about if they have medical certain medical conditions and things like that and i'm oh yeah so it's like Amazing. just so just kind of knowing uh the, how they need to hear from the lord on how they're supposed to do some of that and uh but i'll, I'll make sure we we throw throw those questions up there was a couple there was another really good question as well of somebody which actually i'll feel to you right now because it was really good somebody just put um I think I might even be able to throw it on the screen here. Uh, have you ever failed at a fast? How would you su suggest someone handle this spiritually and emotionally? I feel like that's a great question. It is. Um, and I don't think it's something that a lot of folks talk about, right? Because we, we live in a day where if you give any indication that you're not living in perfection, then it affects the way that people view your maturity, right? So e even like most people's Instagram reels, right? It's all like the perfect angle, the perfect filter, like, you know, th that's just the day that we live in. Um, I'm reminded, something immediately comes to mind. I'm reminded of early on in life when I first started fasting. Um, uh, it was just a couple of weeks after being born again, I started going for it, a meal here, you know, two meals a day, two days, whatever, just, just going for it, man. I really felt the tug of the Lord on my heart and on my life, inviting me into fasting as a lifestyle, um, which is important as a lifestyle, um, right? Fasting in January doesn't exempt you from obedience, February through December. You know what I mean? I felt like it's cool. Like it's super commercialized. Like it is what it is, bro. I'm all in. I'm game. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm all in in January too. I love um, you, man. And I'm, and I'm great. I'm great with it, man. Like I'm great with it. So long as we're also good with it February through December. Come on. And we give place for the voice of the Lord and our hearts being sensitive to Jesus leading us over the whole year, not just in the beginning of the year. Um, but I'm reminded because in my early days, um, really, really like just trying to go for it, really immature in a lot of ways, um, had a lot of like, like pride in my life, trying to like prove points, you know? So what, what I mean is like, Jesus would speak to me and he would invite me to do a three day. And I would say to myself, like, man, three days, like, like, bro, if we're going to fast, like, man, we're going to get it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not doing three days. Like, if we're going to fast, like, man, I'm going 14 days. Come on. I'm going 21 days. Um, <laughs> and I would I would sacrifice my way out of obedience wow. a lot of times. Wow. Um, you know, that's what Samuel tells Saul, right? Why, why did you do what you did? And Saul replies, you don't understand. The crowd was pressuring me. I had to do something. I had to respond to them. And he says, but you know, like, doesn't the Lord desire obedience instead of sacrifice? You see, in my early days, um, I hadn't yet realized that the voice of Jesus was enough all by itself. Not adding to it, not taking away from it. I didn't have to make it harder than what he was actually saying, just so that 
I could prove that I was willing to do more just so that I could prove that, no, I'm, I'm really about this life. And like, if we're going to do it, like, man, we're going to do it. And the Lord would say, do three days. And I would say, man, like, that's not hard enough. Like, I'm going to do 14 days. I'm going to do 21 days. And I remember one time um, starting a three day that in my own heart, I made a 21 day. And getting somewhere out, you know, beyond 10 days and just dying. I mean, like, bro, just dying. And I remember telling my wife, there's no grace. I am going to die. Like, <laughs> I don't know what is going on. This is the hardest thing. Like, I just want to break it. I just want to eat. I, I, I don't know if this is warfare. I don't know if this is me. I don't know if I'm just weak. Like, I don't know if I'm just trying to give in because like, I'm tired of seeing pizza commercials and like, you know, whatever. Um, and I remember I broke the fast and I broke the fast. And man, the next morning I sat in my office at the church and I wept and I wept because I felt like I had failed him. I wept because I felt like I, I wasn't measuring up. Right. I, I wept because I wanted, I wanted to give it to him. And I didn't feel like, like I had made it, man. Um, I remember sitting there in my office, man, just, just crying before the Lord. And I was like, Lord, like this hurts. Like, I mean, like, man, like this hurts bad. And I, I wanna, I want you to like be satisfied with what I bring you. Right. Like David said, I won't bring him anything that hasn't cost me something. Right. And I was like, man, like, I, like, I want to bring you like that, that painful, not, not painful in like, oh, I'm trying to prove how much I can suffer. You know what I mean? But like painful in like, no, it, it's going to cost me something to give you this. Um, and I remember like sitting there and just being totally condemned. I mean, just hammered with like guilt and shame. And I remember saying like, Lord, I, I couldn't do it. And he said, what did I ask you to do? And, and I was like, three days. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Now, it's, it, it's super funny now. And, um, and he said, what, what did, what did you want to do? And I was like, Lord, I, I wanted to go 21 days. And he said, were you able to? And I said, no. And he said, Mike, you, you need to understand something. Um, he said, do you know what moves me? And I was like, what? Like, like, I don't understand. Like I failed, like I didn't make the 21 days. And he said, honestly, it's not about completing it. It's your want to that moves my heart. Mm. Like, like you wanted to. And I was like, oh man. Like, oh my goodness, man. Like, you know, like we're, we're so result oriented. Um, now, now this is not to say, right? Because this, it becomes complicated um, because what I'm saying to put it in proper context is I knew what the Lord asked me to do, but I tried to out of immaturity, out of pride, I tried to make it much harder than what he was asking me to do, right? I tried to prove a point to myself. Um, and at times we fall into that. Right. Like we fall into that, like, yo, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to make it harder because like, man, what he said, 
it doesn't seem hard enough. Like that really can't be what he's saying um, because it's, it's gotta be harder than that if it's gonna mean something. Hmm. And the Lord said, what means the most to me is your want to, like your want to my heart. You know, like, like if I tell one of my kids to run over to me and hug me, cool, like I'll, I'll enjoy the hug, you know, like, I mean, it's gonna be amazing. But when they come running around the corner and they find me and they run up and hug me because they wanted to, it's not that the hug is different, but it's what it does on the inside that's different, you know? Um, so I, I would say like, man, in the place of failing a fast, you know, I, I always try to come back to like, like, what did Jesus say? And did I try to add to it? Like, did I try to take away from it? Because this I know, he always gives grace to fulfill the invitation that he gives to us. Always. Anything that he's asking you to do, he is going to provide the grace for you to be able to do it. That I know without a shadow of a doubt. I'm not saying it's going to be super easy, but you can have ease without it being easy. Right? Like, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6, don't miss the grace of God. Don't in vain be unwilling to partner with the grace of God. Um, you know, so for me, like we can deal with shame. We can deal with like all types of condemnation. Um, cast those things off, you know, um, cast those things off. Understand that like, man, we're loved. We're not loved because we complete the fast. Right. We were loved on our worst day before we even knew Jesus. We were loved in the most broken hole in the darkest of dark places. We were loved while we were an addict, while we were in bondage, while we were self-righteous, while we were far from God, an enemy, a rebel, doing life our own way, satisfied in our sin. We were loved then. Um, it's just weird what happens to us, man, like over time. Um, we're like we reach a certain point where we think our performance is what moves him. Like our performance is what brings us into a place of our value and our love. Um, no, like we're loved. And that needs to shatter that whole performance orientation. You don't do anything for love. He's not going to love you anymore because you miss a meal. He's not going to love you anymore because you crack 2440s. You know, like he's not going to love you anymore because you do 21 days every month over the course of the year. Like those things don't determine love. Um, we are loved, and that should shatter all of the guilt, all of the condemnation, and we should be able to receive grace to get up and get it going again. Um, you know. I'm going to fall out of this chair. <laughs> this is such good stuff, man. I'm just like soaking it. I'm going to re-listen to you talk about that, the, the one, two. I love that example of just with the – the children and I, uh, the one thing that comes to my mind when I'm even thinking about is uh, David is such a great example of how there was a time in his life he was so he was so close to the heart of God that even just cutting King Saul's robe bothered his heart. Like it, you know, he could have killed him, but even just cutting a little piece of his his robe hurt his heart. But then later in life. There was a time where he just grew slack with his relationship where he fell into adultery and fell into all these different things. And it, it's so crazy how when you're just 
kind of going to what you're saying, when you're so close to the heart of God, there can actually be a temptation to really beat yourself up when, uh, cause the devil knows he can't get you to, uh, you know, go out to the bar and get plastered or he knows he's, he can't yeah. tempt you with crazy stuff. So what he'll do is he'll tempt you with condemnation for not being able to perform well enough in your relationship with God when that's getting it all backwards. So I just love how you brought that up because when you're close to the heart of God, it's so important that you realize you're close to the heart of God because of the want to. That's what got you there. So don't don't uh, get on all that other stuff. So thank you for sharing. That is just blessing my heart. I if if I'm just like sitting here receiving and I'm just like thank you. So <laughs> you know, man. It, so so it's like this. Like let's say we let's say we're going for it and you fail. Like we have the want to on the inside. And so you say, Lord, um, in my weakness, I know that your strength is made perfect. Like, help me, strengthen me. Like, like I want to be able to make it. I want to be able to go the distance, whether the distance is one meal, one day, 10 days, whatever the distance means, right? The distance is determined by the invitation um, or by what you know, hunger on the inside is driving you to do, um, you know, because there, there's a variety of things, um, you know, to make fasting life super simple and really practical. Um, but it but it should be that way. You know, it's like um, I was a personal trainer for years. Right. And still some would say to a certain degree, I guess, even in these days. Um, but I'd be a terrible trainer. If someone had never worked out before and they came to the gym to see me and I threw them down on the bench press and put 400 pounds on the bar. And I was like, yo, we're about to do this. Be murdered. And they got, and I helped them lift the bar up and they just totally annihilated themselves, right? Like destroyed themselves under the bar. They couldn't do it. They failed the rep. You know, they're, I wouldn't pick the bar up and then mock them, right? I wouldn't pick the bar up and then ridicule them for how weak they are. I wouldn't pick the bar up and continually remind them of how they missed the mark and they weren't able to actually accomplish the goal. Um, so give me grace for where I am. You know, that's why I think it's amazing. You mentioned a five day, bro. That's an extraordinary effort, bro. That is, it's praiseworthy. It's honorable, man. Five days given to the Lord, like those five days etched on a calendar, branded upon like your own heart, remembering like, man, these five days, I gave them to Jesus in whatever way he asked me to give. Um, bro, like it's, it's give me grace, Lord, because I want to grow here. Give me grace, Lord, because I, I want to I grow better and get better. I want to mature in this place of obedience. I want to love you well here in this specific way, this conversation, um, and just being open to that. You know, and like you said, not being so buried under the shame of, hey, like, yeah. Okay. Yesterday was yesterday. Brush it off. Man, he loves me. Let it today. Mm. Amen. Amen. So I I have a couple of things lined up here. You're you're really hitting on a lot of them. So I'm able to kind of bounce around. I try to get as prepared as I can just to put field some things out. What I was going to ask, 
I think uh, right before we get into a few things with the practical and also corporate mindset, because I know that there's a huge difference between like a, a personal fast that the Lord could call. Because I know even with me, sometimes I'll just have a, a random day of the week. I'll wake up and I'll just have it in my heart today. No food today. Like today yeah. is just a day that and it'll just be a one day thing, like different times that'll just spring up in my heart. And then I know corporate fasting is a little different, um, at least. I, I would perceive so. I could be wrong. I'm willing to be corrected. I would love to ask a little bit about that just kind of to get the, but the one question I was going to ask right before we do that is I, I know in both your books, you allude to this story. And I think that one of the biggest stories in the gospel gospels we hear about fasting is when the man with the demon possessed son comes to Jesus in a Mark chapter nine. Well, first he goes to the disciples, but at the end of the whole thing, the the disciples weren't able to cast the demon out, weren't able to cast out the the spirit of infirmity, and the disciples ask why they weren't able to. And Jesus, you know, talks about them being a faithless generation, kind of before that. But then he does give that verse that's you know even so uh, uh, cleverly, if you want, taken out of certain Bibles. Uh, the actual verse and. Mark 9, 29, where it says that Jesus said that this can only come out through fasting and prayer. And the quote that you put, I, I love it in your your first book on fasting that I want to, you said, prayer and fasting is the pathway to revealing and overcoming hidden places of unbelief in our heart and life. And I know that that story, when it's talking about, he was talking about their unbelief. And that's when he kind of alludes to the the fasting and prayer. Would you be able to elaborate a little bit on that concept? Yeah. So in Mark 9 and Matthew 17, right, the, the example you laid it out clear. Um, the father brings the demon-possessed son. The disciples can't do anything. He brings them to Jesus. He's like, man, I tried your guys. They couldn't help me. If you can do anything, have at it. Right? Jesus delivers them there is when they get in private it says when they were alone with jesus they asked him why couldn't we do it mm. right like like we did what we've always seen you do like like we copied the behavior right like we mirrored or mimicked the activity like we know how you do it and we just did what you did but our problem is we didn't get the same results Right? Like we gave ourselves to the same action, to the same behavior. In the moment, we did what we see you do, but only we didn't get the result that you got. Why? And he begins to talk to them about unbelief. He said, if you didn't have unbelief, you'd be able to say to this mountain, be uprooted and cast out into the sea. Right? So faith like a mustard seed and on and on. But then he says, this type or this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. He's not talking about devils. The, the issue is not devils. It's not demonic possession. It's not deliverance. Um, the real issue is, is that if we would get delivered, we would see more people delivered. Come on. Um, if, if we would experience deliverance, we would be agents or brokers of deliverance in a greater way. Hmm. Their issue was they were going through the motions but Jesus tells them there's places of unbelief that are alive on the inside. 
They reside in your heart and they're creating resistance from the things that you know to do and seeing the actual outcomes or the breakthrough or the results of those actions. You're doing it, but you don't actually believe it. <laughs> right? Like, like, like you're doing it, wow. but you don't even believe it. And because you don't believe it, you're not able to flow in it in the results um, because that was the issue. You know, and so for me, I, I've just recognized that it is one of the things that fasting beautifully does. Um, there is an inner confrontation, um, right? The bright light of God, the bright light of God, it illuminates everything that's alive on the inside. Um, everything that's buried deep beneath all of the right language, all of the right motions, um, all of the right behavioral patterns, like everything that's alive, the inside that maybe we've just known how to corner well or how to cover up well, or at times we might not even necessarily know that it's there, right? I'm sure that in that moment, they didn't know like, oh, I've got unbelief in my heart. Like that's why it's not working. No, but Jesus is gracious. Um, Jesus merciful. And he's the one that says to them, there's unbelief that's alive on the inside. Um, you know, I, I've noticed in my own life that fasting has been a beautiful tool to help um, in an aggressive way deal with and deliver me from fear, insecurity, mm. unbelief, um, self-righteousness. Um, fasting has been a beautiful tool that the Lord has used to first and foremost expose these things um, because there's nothing like getting out into a fast and all of a sudden having Jesus step in front and like reveal things to you like a mirror of the soul, like showing you things that are alive on the inside that you didn't even really know were there. And he begins to put his, his finger on things and he begins to sift through the inner man and he's looking for things that are resisting. They're creating points of resistance to what we know we have access to and we should be freely flowing in. There are things that are possibly alive on the inside that are creating different points of resistance. And this is where the mercy and the grace comes in and his goodness gets revealed is because he begins to sift the inner man. And he's like, whoa, 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 hold on. Look, look right here. There's, there's fear here and this fear if you would conquer this fear, not, not you, but you understand what I'm saying. Like if you would let me deal with this fear, this fear would no longer be a point of resistance to all of these things, right? Like you're trying to deal with conversation A and B and category A and B, when in reality, those things would be beautifully dealt with if you dealt with this fear right here, right? Because these things are byproducts of that insecurity. And there's that insecurity. There's this place where you have unbelief and it's been shelved in your heart and you call it wisdom, but it's not wisdom, it's unbelief. Um, and then there's this place where you call this wisdom, but this is really fear. And then there's this place where there's this self-righteousness. And man, it's, it's just been a wonderful tool. Um, you know, because again, fasting is a means to an end. Fasting is not the end in and of itself. Um, fasting is a tool, it's a means to an end. Um, and Jesus is the end, right? Fasting is unto a person. It's not unto resume building. It's not unto, you know, like the Pharisees did it. 
um, you know, which was the accusatory statements in Matthew 9, right? The disciples of John come to Jesus and they're like, hey, man, listen, we've been watching y'all. Like we've been evaluating you and your little crew and we've been paying attention, man. And like y'all don't fast. They're like, we fast, but we've been watching and y'all don't. Right. It's important to understand the Pharisees fasted two days a week. But they did it for performance. They didn't do it for pursuit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they did it for performance. They didn't do it for pursuit. They fasted two days a week and they're the ones evaluating Jesus and they're trying to accuse him and bring an indictment to him and his guys. And they're like, we've been watching your life, right? Because that's what all Pharisees do, right? right? They watch everybody and they nitpick and they criticize and they accuse and they bring indictments. Like you're not measuring up. You're not doing it how we do it, right? right? That's a whole Pharisee type thing. Um, but Jesus says, the bridegroom is with them. They have no need to fast. But in the days when the bridegroom is in from them, then they will be found fasting. You know, so in these days, we are to be found fasting. But, it, but it's not for performance and all of those things. Um, but man, in the example that you brought, um, it's just been one of the beautiful tools, man, to help expose and conquer certain buried pieces of unbelief, yes, but fear and insecurity and doubt, um, all of these things, that they create different blockage points and we don't even realize it. Like we don't understand, like we're just doing what we do. We're doing what we know to do. We're patterning our life after Jesus. We're going for it. We're giving ourselves to certain things, but we're not necessarily seeing the results that we know we should be seeing. Um, and I'm speaking vaguely, but in context to the story, that's what they wanted to know. Like we did exactly what we saw you do, but our life got no results. Like, talk to me, man. Like, like, what is going on? You know? Wow. So one of the, so much good stuff in there. The one thing that really illuminated when you were talking about the beginning, because I know that that's a big, a big topic with that story is deliverance. Like a lot of people immediately point to deliverance and it. it was just, even as you were sharing, I was really just thinking that like when Jesus, his first like major, his sermon, his first sermon, the Beatitudes, you know, and it's yeah. all about the heart. So you have to, since he told the disciples this in secret, you know, the disciples heard the Beatitudes. They knew the the lay of the the foundation for Jesus's message. And it's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. So whenever Jesus brings a, a, a for lack of better words, when he brings a mechanical method, when he brings some sort of a, a formula, not being bound, but when he brings up sure. something he's he's never talking he never wants what he's saying to replace the main thing so when he talks about fasting and prayer he's talking about let's get back to the heart with this avenue this mobile uh to yeah. this instrument and it was just really ministering me when you were sharing that because it's like that's what jesus's main message was and when you talk about living delivered well jesus before he started his earthly campaign with uh ministry and doing the miraculous he came out of a fast because he learned how to say no as a man to the devil in in fasting and in that time and that's the biggest thing that we need to to see from that so yeah i mean you hit on so many amazing things but that was one thing i was just like that's so good just like understanding that it's not just for this it's to bring you back to the heart of what it's all about so it was just so beautiful 
Yeah. Wow. I, uh, somebody asked this question before, and I think this is a really noteworthy question to ask that, and you kind of alluded to it before, but if I was just like isolating it, breaking it down, have you ever gone on a fast that's like, maybe that wasn't necessarily like a prompted fast, but you were just like, you just felt like you were at a place where like, I just, I just really need to consecrate right now. Like I just, I, w I was, I wanted to ask like, is when people have like an inkling where they just feel like they need a reset or they feel like, wow, like I've really allowed some things to go. I don't know if you're totally catching my drift, but is it like a, yeah. a, sometimes you'll get like the Lord's like leading you on a fast. And sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, like I just need, I need to do something to, to kind of rekindle uh, my focus. So if you could speak on that. Yeah. So, so I get asked frequently because I do a school of fasting, right. And, and I've done it in a variety of places all around the world, you know, whatever, but, but I do a school of fasting and I would say one of the main questions I always get asked is, does God always have to speak to me for me to get into a fast? That's like, what I'm asking. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, like, like, like <laughs> better question. Like, like, does it always have to be some sort of like invitation that I feel from the Lord? Like, does God have to speak to me in a dream? Like, do I need some prophet to come up in me? Like, you know, next month you're going on a fast and to give me the dates. Um, or, or, or what do I do in situations where I really don't hear or sense like the voice of God, but I really feel like a burning in my heart to give myself to him in fasting? Um, you know, and, and so one of the things that I, that I try to teach, which is, which is not in either book, which is super funny because like you pointed out, so between the two books, there's 500 pages about not eating, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I try to break it down to say now this is not only like exclusive, but inclusive. I believe that you can fast in four ways. Um, and I believe you can fast by discipline, by desire, by design, and by despair. Hmm. Um, discipline, desire, design, and despair, right? So discipline is Psalm 35, 13. David says, I humbled my soul with fasting. Um, super, super simple, super practical. Right, because we understand the reward, we give ourselves to the process. We understand that the process produces a certain reaping or a certain reward in our life. So in a real basic way, you can just look at your life and understand what David is saying. I humbled my soul through fasting. Mm -hmm. So we can look at fasting as a disciplinary act and we can say, Lord, I know that this is one of the ways I can love you. I do understand that there are certain real benefits attached to this, that there is a reaping of rewards, so to speak, that you get to determine. I don't always get to determine, but that you get to determine. And in humility, I'm going to continually subject my life to the action or to the place of fasting. I humbled my soul with fasting. And so I would say like, it can be as easy as just looking at your calendar over, over the month, looking at your calendar for the rest of the year, looking at your calendar week to week 
and saying, what can I do on a regular basis? It doesn't have to be um, a Ian fleece. It doesn't have to be that the clouds formed on your drive home from work and gave you the dates. It doesn't have to be that a hand popped out of the TV with the word fast and the type. You know what I mean? For real. Like it could be as simple as, Lord, I know that this is one of the ways that a disciple's life is supposed to look. And for that, I'm going to give myself to it. And like David said, I humbled my soul fasting. Psalm 35, 13. Bro, I just look at my calendar. Now I have like a rhythm of things that I feel the Lord has invited me into. And it's just a regular blueprint for life. Um, there's grace for it, right? Like to, to kind of not hit it in certain moments or, you know, to, to change things up whenever necessary. Um, but it can be as simple as, man, I'm going to look at next month. And I know that, that I should give myself to this. What can I do? Man, you know what? I could do breakfast on Mondays. That would be cool. You know what? I'm going to take Mondays and I'm going to give Jesus my time in breakfast. And rather than eating or rather than meeting folks, I'm going to sit in my car and I'm going to read and pray. I'm going to tuck away at the house and I'll maybe leave a little later and I'm going to give myself to the Lord. Because again, we're not just turning from food. We're turning to Jesus. <laughs> so we are turning from food, but intimately and powerfully turning to Jesus in an intentional way. Um, man shall not live by bread alone. Lord, here I am because I've got a hunger on the inside for you that it supersedes this demand that my fleshly person puts on me. My heart burns for you in a greater way than my stomach growls for a meal right now. Um, you know, like I choose you right now instead of um, that, that McDonald's breakfast sandwich. Like I choose you instead of that bowl of Fruit Loops. Like Jesus help me. Give me grace. I'm going to give you Mondays. I'm going to give you breakfast. It can be that simple. You can look and say, you know what, man? I could do two days a week, sun up to sundown. Like I could do that on a regular basis as an offering to the Lord. I don't need a prophetic word. I don't need some sort of like spiritual experience to wow me and to provide me the energy to do it. Sure, there's going to be days I'm going to get up and I'm not going to want to do it. There's a bunch of days that roll around where things I know I should do, I don't have the energy to want to do them, right? Like there's a lot of times I don't want to pay my mortgage payment. You know what I mean? Like some stuff shouldn't be about the want to, right? Like, like, like we need to get outside of our feelings. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't always have to feel it to obey it. Come on. Right? Because our feelings are not king. Jesus is king. And there are certain things that just because we realize we want to discipline our lives, we want to create a lifestyle of obedience, I want to intentionally create a place of sowing so that I can constantly be sowing and reaping, which is why fasting as a lifestyle is necessary, because I constantly want to be in these flows of sowing and reaping, um, you know, but I believe we can do it by discipline. And you can just look at your life and say, what can I do on a regular basis? You know, then like you mentioned, I believe we can do it at a desire, right? He's the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Hebrews 11, 6, right? Like there's, there's, there's moments where we're always hungry. And, and now I, this is funny because we're talking about fasting, but I'm talking about hunger for the Lord, um, <laughs> right? Like, there, like there's moments where, where I believe we live in hunger. 
right? We want to live in hunger, but then there's moments and seasons of unusual hunger. We're like, man, like an unusual hunger settles on me, right? We don't initiate, we respond, right? No man comes unless the spirit draws, you know what I'm saying? So we constantly remind even our own hearts like I need to be sensitive in seasons of unusual hunger to know that like, I'm not just trying to muster up some kind of like spiritual ambition, but man, like I'm in a divine moment. Like there's a season of intersection where the spirit is drawing me and I realize I'm not initiating, but I want to be responding. And so these seasons of unusual hunger, they come around and man, your heart just begins to burn. And even though you've been doing what you've always been doing, and maybe you're obeying a pattern, maybe God's given you a design for what your devotional life is supposed to look like. And that's amazing. It's amazing. Praise God. But then a season of unusual hunger comes around and man, your heart begins to burn. And like, like a jealousy rattles you on the inside and everything that's been normal, it just, it's not, it's not satisfying. And you start to stay within your own heart, like, I've got to do something, man. Like, Lord, I'll do whatever I have to do to touch you in a greater way. I'll do whatever I've got to do, whatever the call, whatever your invitation, whatever I've got to sacrifice, whatever it looks like. If I got to stay up late, if I got to get up early, if I got to turn from meals, like whatever I've got to do, this is hunger, right? Like this is hunger. Um, and so he's the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Um, but in those things, we're not initiating, we're responding. And there are certain moments, man, where like, man, the jealousy of God hits my life and I feel like a hot iron sears my inner man, bro. And I just start burning and I'm like, I've got to have you. And whatever that means, bro, I'm shutting stuff down. I'm turning things away, giving myself to him in a greater way. But it's like, whatever I've got to do. And sometimes hunger is what initiates right on our side. Now, we, again, I've already said we're responding to the Lord, but then out of that responding to the Lord, it's like, I'm just going to start. I'm just going to do something. Like, I'm just going to do something. I'm going to do whatever I feel like my heart is burning to do. And I'm just going to go for it. And I'm just going to get in it. And God, give me grace because I'm coming. Like, like I'm coming. You know, that's, that's hunger based. You know what I mean? Like that's desire based. So I believe it can be discipline. And it should be like, right. We should be disciplining our lives regularly Amen. to love Jesus. And that means like doing those works that are going to continually posture us to be in love with him. Um, and fasting is one of those. So we can do it through discipline, but also through desire, you know, and I believe desire is a big one, man. Um, I, I always want to respond in those seasons where like, man, my inner man begins to tremble. And like, man, like the, the cage on the inside, like I feel the Holy Ghost, like wrapping the cage, you know, on the inside. And I'm like, man, like whatever's been normal, like it's cool, but it's not doing it anymore. Like we've got to do something abnormal. Like whatever's just been the ordinary stuff I've been doing, like that's great, but we got to get extraordinary. Like whatever's been normal, like cool, but I need a season right now where like normal gets redefined and like hunger takes over, bro. And the burning heart begins to lead and I've got to have it. Um, and there's, man, there's a, there's a lot of times where like that, that desire, man, like the Holy spirit just deposits, man, like that, that ache, like that longing on the inside for, 
don't, don't, don't ignore that. Like never treat that with contempt, never just become casual in the way, like the Holy Spirit tries to, tries to prick our hearts, tries to produce like that, that painful longing, bro. Like that, it hurts so good on the inside. Like, like, man, like it hurts so good. And like, there's this ache deep down on the inside right now. Like if I don't respond to this, I feel like I'm going to die. You know what I mean? Like if I don't do something about this, like, like I'm going to die. Like there's a longing it hurts, man. It hurts because it's supposed to move me. It hurts because it's supposed to jar me from normal. It hurts because it's supposed to redefine in a season of hunger what's normal now. And I'm giving God room to just do what you want to do. Here I come. Um, we, we should never like just be casual in those seasons. Um, so we don't necessarily need like the voice of the Lord to clearly define the terms. Sometimes he pricks our hearts and he initiates and then hunger defines the terms as wow. we just start running and we go for it. Wow. That, that brought so much context for, for me personally. And I, I can only imagine, I see the comments, people are being so blessed by hearing what you're saying. And I, that that's really where even this year has been for me is that, uh, we, uh, I discipline myself on a regular basis to go about a few things as you were saying, but then there's those moments when it's just like with, you can just, uh, you can sense like, I, I, I like to call it a beautiful urgency. Uh, yeah. It's like a beautiful urgency I feel in my heart where it's like, wow, there's like a lot of things that I know I know I need in order to get to that next level of what the Lord is calling uh my family too in this region and influence and I'm like, there's some things I just don't have clarity, full clarity on, but I, I see what needs to take place. And then I'm just like, well, you know, I look at the word of God and then I see, wow, like there's a few things that I could really challenge my, my heart with. And fasting is always one of those things that I, I find that a lot of people do as much as they can to get out of. And that's why yeah. it's definitely kind of leads me to the the next question that I wanted to ask you is when it when it does come to some of the the practical things I know that some people were alluding to earlier when it comes to like even caffeine during a fast or when it comes to like uh I even saw somebody bring up uh the difference between a Daniel fast and a water fast and uh I want to bring context to what I, I I really feel um a water fast is what I I am going after the next five days and I invite the church to come along with us, uh, you know, in, in what you are able to in that. I know some people, there were some medical things to go on and I don't want to speak into those medical, personal medical things unless I can have a private conversation with, with you. But could you speak into some of uh, the practicalities that you could uh, encourage people with when it comes to even even some people that aren't joining us, but just so people even know, like if they're preparing for a fast in the future, how what are some things to go about and when it comes to that? Yeah, ab absolutely, right. Um, uh, I don't, I don't make a lot of friends say everybody can fast, right? Like I, I don't know why, man. People get super hostile when I say everybody can fast. Wow. Um, because it's true. Everybody can, 
but I think we have to simplify the terms, right? So like you're saying, uh, we got medical issues. Okay. I can't water fast. Okay, great. Then don't water fast. Can you do smoothies? Right? Like, can you cut out sweets for the next 30 days? Can you not do meat for 10 days? Can you cut coffee for a month? It's like what I love when we look into the book of Daniel. Um, when we look into the book of Daniel, I believe we see a variety of things. In Daniel chapter 1, we find that Daniel 1.8, he resolved, they resolved, him and his guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they resolved not to defile themselves with the delicacies from the king's table. They told Aspenaz, hey, listen, test us in this for 10 days. Give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. After 10 days, Aspenaz tested them. He evaluated them. They were more fleshly than the rest. They were more healthy than the others. And so he allowed them to continue. They continued on for the period of their schooling or their training, which it was not 10 days vegetables and water. It was three years vegetables and water, which is what Daniel chapter one tells us. Their schooling, their training to ready them for servicing the king was a three-year training. And in their training, the first 10 days, they were evaluated. And then he let them continue for the remainder of their training or their preparation. Three years of vegetables and water, Daniel chapter one. Okay, great. Daniel chapter 10, we find in response to the revelation that God, in, he's like, man, my heart was wrecked. I gave myself to fasting. And for three weeks, 21 days, I, Daniel, with fasting and mourning, ate no meat, no breads, no wine, no choice foods. You know, so depending on what translation you have, I know that there in Daniel 10, it says a variety of things. But there's where we have the 21-day Daniel, right, is in Daniel chapter 10. But what I also love is that in Daniel chapter 9, as he's recounting the word of the Lord, right, Daniel 9, 1, 2, and 3, he recounts the word that Jeremiah prophesied. And he realizes, man, like we're in a moment, a moment of fulfillment, the period of weeks, that years that Jeremiah prophesied, it's up. Here we are, Daniel 9, 3. So I turned to the Lord and gave him my attention in prayer and in fasting. Chapter 1, three years, vegetables and water. Chapter 10, 21 days, no meats, no wine, no breads or choice foods. Chapter 9, no description. I gave my attention to the Lord with prayer and fasting sackcloth and mourning, no definition or description as to what he was actually doing when he fasted. Why? I believe that Daniel was more committed to a voice than he was to a system. And this is where things get amazing. I believe that he was more committed to a living voice. He was sensitive to the voice of the Lord more than just systematizing his devotion unto God, right? We create systems because we want independence. It is much easier to formulate or to create my own formulas or systems. I just know what I always do. I do what I prefer to do. I'm just going to form my own little devotional darts, and then I'm just going to throw them at Jesus whenever I want to. That, that, that's cool. 
right? There's grace for that. He loves us. He'll take that, right? He wants to be with us. He longs to walk with us. He'll grow us and mature us, right? He's conforming us into his image over time. Those things are real. It's actually happening. So, so he'll do that if that's what you're only willing to do. Um, but Daniel, I believe, gave God room to speak to him, right? Like in chapter nine, why didn't it say when he gave himself to fasting again, he just did what he knew already worked from chapter one. Why in chapter 10, when he entered into fasting again, why wasn't it, well, man, listen, like, did you see what happened in chapter one? Like, bro, the last time we did that fast and we did vegetables and water, like, bro, things exploded. You know, we got wisdom, we got insight, we got learning, we got understanding. Like, and to Daniel, the Lord imparted to him the ability to interpret dreams and visions of all kinds. Like, that's super cool. So like, man, the next time I'm going to fast, like, bro, that really worked. Like, we're just always going to do that. You know what I mean? Like, hey, if it ain't broke or <laughs> like, don't try to fix it. You know what I mean? Like, he, he wasn't trying to create systems. I believe that rather than creating systems, he was creating dependency. And this is where things get challenging for folks. When I say everybody can fast, I honestly mean that. And I really believe that because we said it in the beginning, what he invites you to do, he'll provide you the grace to do. Hmm. And so when was the last time we just gave Jesus room to say, what are you asking me to do? You design it for me, right? To me, this is one of the beautiful things about Daniel fasting is that through the book of Daniel, we find a variety of ways, right? It's not always the 21 days, right? We, we, we lean to that because I'm just going to be honest. The 21 days sounds a whole lot better than three years of vegetables and water. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's definitely not the one that's True. getting the energy or becoming commercialized. <laughs> like that's not happening. You know, the 21 days is, uh, you know, but for most of us, it's like, like, man, if I realize that I have complications, if I realize that um, there's challenges, okay. But Lord, what can I do? Come on. Like, speak to me. Um, man, I've had so many testimonies from the book. Um, you know, people write me all the time, as a matter of fact, uh, with testimonies from That's the book. Beautiful. The first one, for sure, uh, just because it's been out much longer than the second one. Um, but many times uh, I get stories that sound like this. Um, fasting was miserable for me. I hated it. I knew that I was supposed to do it. I was never good at it. Um, it was terrible. Just being honest, like it was terrible. And this is what the emails sound like or the messages sound like. And they're like, but then I read your book. Mm -hmm. um, and a real grace to just look to Jesus and to just let him speak to my heart and to not try to make it more complicated than what he was saying, to not try to create all of these hard systems and mechanical things and to not try to satisfy other people's opinions, right? Because there's one yes that I'm longing for and it doesn't belong to anybody else. It belongs to him. His yes is what I live for. Like his yes is what I'm after. Um, I remember one story specifically where um, a lady had written me and she said, you know, I went on a fast because I believe that the Lord was speaking to me. And it sounded like um, she said, uh, I want to get it right. She said, I felt like the Lord asked me to do only fish and vegetables for whatever 30 days. 
And she was like, it was fish, fruits, and vegetables. And she was like, this can't be lowered because I like all of that stuff. Like, there's no way that this could be what the Lord is saying. And she's like, I did it for like four or five days. And then I thought to myself, like, there's no way that you heard God. Like, this is just insane. This can't be the Lord. I, I'm, this is dumb. I'm going to stop this. She's like, and then I read your book. And I got to the point where you were talking about Daniel and about just giving Jesus a clearance in our hearts to let him be himself and to say what he wants to say. And to realize, like, it's okay if it's not even super challenging. Like, where is this thing that if we're not suffering, that like not loving him well, like obedience is loving him well, right? Even if it doesn't involve like some sort of weird punishment to you in the way that you feel like you should be suffering while you're fasting. And that's not to say that there's not going to be certain moments or times when it calls for that, um, right? Like, man, if the Lord speaks to me and tells me to put down fee on a fast, bro, like we are suffering. Um, because we are flesh and your body develop tendencies and detoxing is serious during a fast, um, serious, uh, you know, and, and me and coffee, we got a good thing going on. You know what I mean? Like, like we're tag team partners, like we're buddies, you know what I mean? Like, like we have got a good thing going. Um, there are a lot of times where the Lord will say, Hey, not this time. Sometimes it'll be okay. Other times it won't be, but I give him the freedom to say those types of things. And I don't always assume that I know what he's saying, mm. right? Like I, I want to give him space to be able to actually speak to me. And this is what I mean. This is, this is a lot more difficult. Um, dependency is much harder than independence. Um, it's easy just to formulate our own systems. Uh, I remember talking to somebody one time and asking him that they were about to do a fast. And, uh, and I, I, I just said something. I didn't think it was confrontational. I wasn't trying to be a bad guy. I actually wasn't trying to cause any problems um, that time, right? Like, like, <laughs> like, like that time, I wasn't. Um, but I just said, hey, man, like, like, is that what you feel the Lord said? And he was like, well, what do you mean? And I was like, bro, I'm just asking, like, did you pray about it? And he's like, like, why would I do that? And I was like, whoa, like, bro, calm down. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's, it's cool, whatever. And he thought about it for a second. And he was like, no, 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 no. What if I prayed about it and he said something that I didn't want to do? <laughs> like, then I'd be stuck. <laughs> like, for real. Like, for real. You know what I mean? Like, like, what if I actually asked him? He said something that I didn't like. Like, he said something that I didn't think was going to be easy. Or he said something that I just, I didn't want to give myself to. Then I'd be stuck because then there's only obedience or disobedience. So it's a whole lot easier to not even ask. Right here we have the independence. It's a whole lot easier to never actually like check in with him. Don't pray about it. Just like, just do what you do. Do what's easy. You know, it's like, no, 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 no. Daniel had dependency. Daniel had a real voice that was alive on the inside and he had given himself to this living voice. Um, and I just believe, man, that when we give ourselves to the voice of Jesus, he knows exactly where we are. He knows exactly how to define things. 
He knows exactly how to design them for us. I field questions all the time from people that have concerns, um, from people that are professional athletes. Their livelihood is riding on the line from being able to perform at top, you know, at their peak. Um, and it's like, man, I, I can't give myself to a 21-day water fast. My whole career would be destroyed. And it's like, well, who said you had to do that? I mean, if that's what he's saying, that's great. But if you're just being condemned because you're comparing your life to somebody who's living next to you, and you're in this competition, you're in this comparison, and you're receiving condemnation because you don't feel like your life is measuring up to the person standing next to you, like, whoa, like they're not the measuring stick, Jesus is. Mm. And that's not to say we shouldn't be provoked by one another's lives, but we should be provoked more to Jesus than more unto the ability to run as well as whoever it is that may be living next to me, right? Like we all are accountable to the Lord. I'm not accountable to be you. I'm not accountable to do what anybody else is doing. I'm accountable to fulfill what I know Jesus is inviting me to do, what he's designed for me to do. Now, what I'm also not trying to do is create some weird license where people can just be rebels all the time. You know, where it's like, well, no, no, no. Like, you don't get to talk to me like that. Nobody can determine. Like, I'm not accountable to anybody. I'm not submitted to anybody but Jesus. Come on. We, we all realize that this is not what I'm talking about. Um, but what I am talking about is just giving the Lord actual space in our heart. Because he knows where we are. He knows how to design things for us. And just allowing him to do that. So it's like, well, I can't water fast. Okay. Can you give up meat for 10 days? Well, man, that, that's not fair. Like you, you can't make it that easy. Why? Can you cut desserts for the next 30 days? Well, like, hold on, hold on. That, that can't really be a fast. Why? Because it doesn't sound hard enough, <laughs> right? That's always get to because it doesn't sound hard enough. And it's like, no, we, we, we laid that foundation in the beginning. Fasting is a turning away and abstaining from food or particular foods, especially when being done as a religious expression or as a religious devotion. Um, so it's food or particular foods. You know, um, I think if we simplify it, we would find a lot more freedom to give ourselves to it. And if we would just let it be all him, him that speaks to us, him that we do it for, um, you know, I love, I, I think it's beautiful that you said, you know, I, I'm going to go after five days water, but I'm asking everybody and anybody to join me in whatever way they can. You know, we do that. We call certain um, national and even at times global fast and the invitation globally, you know, to fast with a specific attention. Yes, always unto Jesus, but then pointing at specific things, you know, that like we're going after. Um, and, and we do the same thing. Hey, listen, this is what we feel like the Lord has asked us to do. But you pray about it and you let him speak to you and join us in whatever way you can. Just hop in somehow and let's run together, you know, over these next five days, 10 days, you know, whatever it may be. It's, I, and I want the one thing that I really love that you brought up 
and I really want everybody to understand too about about you is that reading your books and I, I highly recommend everybody. I, I seriously like everybody needs to understand that these are like must-haves in your in your library. And the reason I, I say that is because of your heart, Mike. I, I just I've heard so much on fasting over the years. And sometimes I love I know you you brought up the term that sometimes it even becomes a commercialized thing in the church where it is just like a very small aspect to just kind of make people seem like they're a little extra spiritual than maybe the other crowd. Like sometimes that's the vibe I get. And I, I and I want to always uh I don't want to assume anything. I'm just saying sometimes that's kind of the way it comes across. And sure. I, and when uh when I read your books and hear your heart, the reason that it actually compels me to want to fast even more so than I do is because of your 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 obvious transparent love for Jesus. It makes when I see your life and I see the things you're going after, I'm like, wow, like when he talks about fasting, like all I'm not thinking about fasting, I'm thinking about Jesus. What and I'm oh, like, man. this is the avenue. So I just wanted to bring that up uh that it, it's it's phenomenal to see the way that that gets portrayed, and I just want to encourage anybody that's watching or watches listens to this at a different time that make sure you get these books because it's very different than what you have heard in the past. I a hundred percent can say that that I've read books on fasting, but this is these books are the first time that like when I'm reading about it, like fasting is more of a it becomes a privilege rather than a. Uh, um, a burden or rather than something I, I don't want it not to say that it's not, you know, there's not a price in fasting. It's just your heart just uh, really shifts. So thank you for uh, painting that picture uh, so well by the Holy Spirit. And I, I I only have two questions left and we'll see where we get with them. And it just, <laughs> just, just the, what thank you for I just love that you're just so like you go for it on every question. And I just that's I'm just thankful you bring the content, man. You just bring it. I love oh, it. Oh man. And um, so my my last two questions, and if my camera battery dies, I have a weird camera. If my screen goes black, I'll just change the battery out real quick. So just don't be alarmed if I if you cool. if my picture disappears for a second. But my my last two questions, you were bringing it up with when it comes to corporate fasting and i know how you said you 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 call people from all over and i know with the convocations and you uh have uh people going to fast i guess this 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 question might be two way but the thing is is when you call a corporate fast are what are the goals that you're setting as being the uh pretty the leader of that that call that you're hearing from the lord so the I guess if I had to break it up, the difference between a corporate and personal fast that you've seen, and then also the goals that you set during a fast, I believe that you're going to hit it out of the park where our obvious goal of fasting is to grow closer to the Lord. Like number one overall, sometimes people just use fasting as a means to get something. And I think that that's actually, I, I do believe it's an element, but I believe you'll speak way better than I would about that. So I would love you to break a little bit about the corporate and personal and then the goal setting when it comes to a fast. Yeah. So I, I feel like it's the difference even between the two books, right? The first book is a very specific conversation. Um, it's fasting unto someone, learning how to make Jesus the best, cultivating a deeper, more authentic love for him, being willing to root out 
through a lifestyle of fasting, all of the opposition, all of the lesser lovers, all of the other attractive things um, in the world and in our pursuits, right? So Jesus being the pearl of great price, fasting unto someone, and that being Jesus. Um, book Because if fasting is unto someone, like you pointed out, fasting is also at times unto something. And I feel like this is where the majority of the fasting conversation happens. We motivate and mobilize people to fast, but it's never necessarily pointed at someone as much as it is always pointed at something, mm-hmm. you know, create a hit list, right? People that we want to see saved, um, revival in our city, um, you know, breakthrough in my income, um, you know, the new uh, boyfriend or girlfriend, uh, I need a new car, um, you know, but for me, th- that's not enough of a motivation because eventually I run out of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, eventually I run out of things. Um, but he is inexhaustible. Mm. He's unending. Like, he is the well that never runs dry. However, and, and, and two, it's, it, it's always, you know, primarily that way. Um, we motivate people by the stuff. But what we see is that even in the scriptures, it's inevitable. When you study through the scriptures, you are going to find that there are particular moments and times where God invited a person or his people into fasted efforts in order to see certain measures of breakthrough manifest unto his purposes in the earth. There is an extraordinary um, grid that gets created whenever we track through the scriptures. And that's, that's more so the second book. Um, is when we give Jesus our fasted efforts, he determines what he is pointing it at. Mm. Um, Because fasting is also not some manipulative devotional tool to get Jesus to do things, to get him to be someone that he's already not. You know, like (laughs) fasting is not the way that you condition your life to be that two-year-old screaming toddler in the corner. Like, I'm just going to sit here and fast and scream until you do what I want you to do. That's, that's not what it is at all, right? Fasting doesn't change Jesus. It changes us. Amen. Right? Like, no matter how much we fast, it's not making him something other than what he already is. But in the place of fasting, man, like, you know, I think that we see all types of things for individual fasts. Um, you know, in the book of Exodus, uh, you have Exodus 24, 34, Moses on two different occasions goes up to the mountaintop. Um, he's 40 days there with the Lord, um, totally transcended by glory, right? The cloud distance, the voice comes out, the invite comes, Moses enters into the cloud and he is wrapped up in God for 40 days. Amazing. Moses comes down the mount with what we would call the law. Um, the law was a variety of things. But one of the things that it was, is it was a mobilization for missions. The Lord said, I am covenanting myself to you. I am going to marry you as my people. If you live this way, I will be able to make you a bright light unto the rest of the region. And I will be able to draw them from their idols, their pagan worship, and redeem them and bring them back to me. Now, granted, we know they weren't able to do that. But one of the things that the law was, is it was a mobilization for missions. Um, So this is beautiful, right? In in a period of 40 days, 
Moses gets a strategy, a divine blueprint on how to mobilize missions in the region that he's in. Um, you know, then we see other times where it's not necessarily individual, that that was individual, but it had a corporate effect. Uh, you know, then there are other instances, man, Joel too, sound the trumpet, right? Declare a fast. It's time for a holy assembly. Um, in Joel 2, there's corruption in the land. Darkness is seeming to permeate their generation. Joel is surveying the situation. And he says, man, like this isn't good, but we know what to do. He turns his attention to the Lord. And Joel declares it's time for a corporate assembly, a holy assembly. Right? This is what, this is what motivated. Um, the Lord motivated it, but it's these, passage, uh, these passages. This is what motivated our convocations. Um, it's time for a holy assembly. It's time to fast and pray on behalf of the land. It's trying to cast down our idols. It's time to contend in the fasting and prayer, to push back the darkness in our nation, to see the word of the Lord prevail, to see the glory of God arise and the person of Jesus as king be exalted in a people, in a nation. Um, you know, this is Joel's prescription in chapter. Right now, we tend to get towards the end which is, and in those days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, right? That's amazing, right? Th that's amazing. That's the outcome. We tend to emphasize the outcome more than we do the prescription that produced the outcome. The prescription was holy assemblies. The prescription was it's time to fast and pray. The prescription was it's time to come together as a corporate people to weep, to lift our voices, to the Lord on behalf of the land. That's the prescription. The outcome is, and in those days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Um, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Um, you know, then we have instances like Esther 4, um, where Esther is being confronted by Mordecai. And Mordecai gives that amazing statement, right? How do you know that you haven't been brought into the kingdom for such a time as this? Hmm. Esther, listen, the ordinance has been written, right? We're very familiar with government ordinances in our day. Um, the ordinance has been written, right? The injunction has been signed. King Xerxes, because Haman has already emulated him, he's determined that in the next 48, 72 hours, the next week, whatever the time period actually was, it, it's, it's not whatever the time period actually was, um, we're all gonna die. But Mordecai says, don't think that you are gonna be able to hide. He says, but man, could this be the purpose that God put you on that platform for? Um, and she says, in response to that, okay, you and your team go and fast for three days, don't eat or drink. And me and my servants, we will do the same. And then after three days, no eating or drinking, I will arise out of the place of fasting and I will go in to speak with the king. Woo! Like, man. And here we see that her strategy in response to a national crisis was a three-day don't eat or drink. Wow. Bro, I'm sure Mordecai was like, what? Like we need a real strategy, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like it's real out in these streets. You know what I mean? Like we're to die. Like the ordinance has been signed. It's coming down. Like, 
they're going to kill us. And your strategy is we're not going to eat or drink for three days. But we see gloriously favor, the overturning of the enemy's desires, the crushing of a demonic agenda towards a specific people group in a national scenario. We see a governmental shift happen because of the way they corporately entered into three days of fasting. Um, again, they discerned the voice of the Lord. They were sensitive to his desires. They gave themselves in fasting and prayer, and they saw God rout their enemies in the land in a real way. Hmm. Um, you know, so for me, man, fasting in individual ways has amazing benefits, but so does coming together corporately. Um, coming together corporately for certain governmental things. Man, like we long to see the enemy's agenda in governmental structures be totally routed, be completely conquered. The overturning of certain governmental ordinances, the crushing of weapons of darkness in our day through fasted efforts and corporate fasting, the beauty of God's people giving themselves to him in fasting and prayer to see sweeping moves of the spirit completely overturn all of what the enemy sought to kill us with, right? We know Haman ends up getting hung on the same gallows that he created, right? Like we get, we know the story. Um, but, you know, and man, there's so many instances, and should many of them in the second book. This is not some product plug, I promise you. Like, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not into that. I'll plug you for you. I'll do it for you, man. I'll do it oh, for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but I just see that there's, there's so many benefits, prizes, and rewards, and so many ways that the Lord uses it as a tool um, to fulfill. Because again, it's a tool. It's not the goal. It's a tool. Um, he uses it as a beautiful tool to conform his image in us and then to see his purposes fulfilled through us. So it's, it's both. We want both. I don't want one or the other. I don't just want the corporate stuff. I don't just want the national stuff. I don't just want all the externals. Um, I don't want to forfeit internals for externals mm. because it's both. I don't have to choose. It's not either or. It's conformed to his image, right? That's one of the purposes. His image formed in us, but then also his purposes fulfilled through us. Um, it's both. Um, and I believe that like, man, wh whether it's individual efforts in pride, or whether it's times of coming together corporately, discerning the word of the Lord over our city, over our region, over our nation, discerning the timetables, right? First Chronicles 12, 32, the sons of Issachar, discerning the times and seasons, but also knowing what to do in response to those times and seasons. Um, you know, man, I just believe there'll be certain moments and instances and seasons, right? Divine windows of opportunity where the Lord will invite us in as a people. Give yourself to the place of fasting and prayer and he'll reveal certain purposes that we're supposed to target, man. We're supposed to contend. We're supposed to come after certain things. God has revealed to us. Bro, it's beautiful. It's amazing. Um, yes to all of it. We want it all. Amen. It's Thank you so much for elaborating in so much detail, and I and I appreciate you bringing up so many Bible references because, like, that's the biggest thing too. Is it's like just 
us getting that foundation. Like when you see something in the word this much, you know, you can't ignore it. You can't avoid it. And it's a, it's a beautiful invitation. So with that being said, I, I know I was doing the plug for you because I want everybody to know, like, get these books if you do not. Um, and I was I, I brought it up before, but um, it's in the comment section and everything. I was trying to backtrack to see if I could find it again real quick. But I do want everybody to know to go to burningones.org. And I would really encourage everybody to just go check out the product that he has because Michael has written amazing books on top of of this collection right here with the fasting and just such a blessing to the body of Christ. And I, I know you already know this, but well, I mean, we're having you back really soon. If you're, if you're up for it, I mean, I'm going to, I want to, uh, we'll, we'll figure it out when we can get you to come back. And uh, it, it was such an honor having you just a little while ago. And just the time that you would take out of your schedule would be with us tonight. We're just truly honored to uh, be able to hear what's on your heart and you using the teaching gift that, the Lord has placed in your life. It's it's an honor to sit under and just be able to hear what the Lord's put on your heart. Uh, you know, I'm coming back, man. I would love to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, so you said you had one more question because you said you had two, but that was one. I do. Unless I yes. answered them both somehow. <laughs> you you did, but this is the thing. My last question was literally I wanted to ask you just if you could share if there's anything you got coming up or anything that just with the convocations or anything that you have on the calendar this year, I would just love for you to share with the people and just so we know how to stay kind of in tune with what's on your heart, where you're going after. I know at the, the beginning you shared the word that's on your heart, but if you have any think that you're calling people to just uh, be aware of that you all have going on this year, I would love for you to just share so we could stay stand in agreement and get involved in any way we can. Sure. So here very soon, um, I would say within the next week or two, we are going to be dropping the cities and dates for our vacation cycle. Um, and I don't say cycle in some you know mechanical way, um, but the Lord has been highlighting certain cities and certain times and seasons, um, you know, prior to and I know I believe we talked about this a little bit um, the last time that we were on. Um, prior to the whole 2020 episode, beginning in 2019, um, and even before that, but in 2019, we started with the convocations, um, rallying the church, holy assemblies. It's time to fast and pray on behalf of the land. Um, coming out of a dream that I had years ago, a confrontation with a principality, um, a revealing of demonic agenda the wielding of certain weapon darkness against our nation, um, beauty, vanity, materialism, narcissism, um, and those things broke down into definitions. You, you, it, would, it would rock your world if you just put those words into the dictionary app on your phone and just realized how full those words actually are. Um, but going city by city, the Lord revealing cities through dreams, um, revealing cities by way of area codes, leading us to different places that we needed to be, um, trying to fast and pray and rally people nationally, globally to join us in these fasted efforts on behalf of land. Um, but the sad part, and I say the sad part, the, the sad part is that while we were doing that, um, you know, preaching against certain things like, um, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, 
just all of what you can find those messages. They're all on YouTube. It's all out there. Gotcha. Um, but back then the urgency of the hour didn't match the urgency of the invitation. Mm. There was an urgent invitation because our cultural or circumstantial situations weren't urgent enough for people to respond with the same urgency that the invitation from the Lord was going out. Um, all 2019, we preached against things like um, the stock market, the sports entertainment industry, Hollywood, the music industry, um, all of our idols, all of our movements and streams and platforms and influence and power and finances and politics and government structures and, and all of these things wrapped up in those four words, beauty, vanity, materialism, and narcissism. And um, people said things like, these are always going to be a part of the American lifestyle. Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you preaching these things? Why are you wasting your time going city to city? Like, why are you trying to rally people and host these events? Um, not realizing that 2020 was going to be what it was. Mm. Um, I can't even honestly say that we prophetically had insight that 2020 would kind of redefine what our experience would be. And that isn't even really what was the point for me. The point was whether it actually happened as much as it was are our hearts ready for it if it actually happens um that that was the whole emphasis and then in 2020 you know we went to um milwaukee wisconsin um and we're continuing we're continuing across the nation um, because we we believe we have the charge ready the bride um ready the bride for the days that we're living in ready the bride for the rise of corruption, ready the bride to be ready to pay the consequences of loving Jesus, loving him well, um, ready the bride for finding him as the pearl of great price and being willing to sell the whole field, um, ready the bride to be delivered from fear and self-preservation, bondage to love of the world and the lust of its things, um, ready the bride, um, ready the bride is the anthem. Um, you know, so we're, we're gonna be releasing those dates uh, in the next, I would say, week or two. Um, you know, but everywhere where they can be found, you know, we're, we're going to do our, our diligence to post them in a variety of ways, uh, you know, to start by way of invitation to, you know, ask folks to come and join us. You know, there'll be fasts and, and all of those things, you know, we're, 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 we're getting up ready for it. That's amazing. Well, just so everybody knows, make sure you're following them on uh, all the social media platforms I did. I, I put them in the description as well. Instagram, Facebook you know, YouTube, all those. And then uh, the website would be the best place to go to just to be able to find ways that you can get involved even financially and so into burning ones and all that. And I, I, I'm even feeling it on my heart, man. I'm going to, I'll make sure I stay in contact with you uh, with just the fact that I would love to go just with you on one of these and just be boots on the ground to help you with all this. I would just love, I, I've seen, I've watched them and it's, it's just so glorious what you you're able to, when you go into a city and you do that and we need more of that and, uh, and really go after the ones that need it the most because uh, America is full of, uh, places of desolation right now. So just, uh, that's a beautiful thing. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing with us tonight. I, in closing, if you would do the honors of just uh, closing us out in prayer, anything you have in your heart. I know there. I, I just saw a prayer request of someone uh, 
Um, it was the only prayer request I, I've actually seen, but just somebody needs a, a I believe it's Jeannie has brain cancer and uh, just believing for the, the healing power of God there. But any, any, uh, as you feel led to close us out in prayer, if you would do the honors, once again, thank you so much for blessing us with this rich time in the word of God and talking about fasting and prayer. Yeah, it would be amazing to have you come with us. Um, we're we're going to do that. Absolutely. We're, I'm going to find a way. I'm just going to, even if I <laughs> jump in the luggage or something. <laughs> come on. But yeah, um, Lord, I ask you to touch Jeannie. This brain cancer. Um, I thank you that it has a name because every name bows to the name above every name. Um, thank you for what doctors have diagnosed, all of the wisdom that they may have. But we understand that, Lord, you are the healer. By your stripes, we are healed. So we're asking you right now to lay your hand upon Jeannie, to deliver her, to heal her, to completely restore her, to raise her up in perfect strength and in health. Thank you, Lord, for the testimony to your great name by routing your enemies and genie being healed. It is by your stripes we are healed. And so we ask you right now, by the precious blood of the Lamb, wash over her afresh and may she be healed in Jesus' name. Um, and Lord, I do ask you, even as we close, for anyone who's been tracking with us during this time and for any or all that may watch futuristically, Lord, um, as I said in the beginning, the real gift is the gift of yes. Hmm. So would you, as only you can, would you soften our hearts? Um, we want to give ourselves to you. I want to give myself to you, Lord. And so I'm asking you for real grace to be able to do that. I don't ever want to think that it's enough. I don't ever want to believe that I've arrived. I don't ever want to feel so accomplished that I believe that there's no more room. There's no more space. There's no more yes to give. Um, but Holy Spirit, right now, would you touch our hearts? Would you cause them to be quickened? For our affections to be awakened? Would you fan the flame of love, the raging fire on the inside of devotion to this wonderful man? It's not about rules and regulations. It's not about resumes. But I pray, cause that radiant face of Jesus to come burning alive on the inside. May we see him. May we see him rightly and may we partner with this grace to respond to the invitation to give more of our yes. I want to give more and more and more and more of my yes to you, King Jesus. And so I'm praying for everybody right now. Touch every heart, Lord. Touch every heart. Begin to romance them. Begin to call them away. Begin to woo them. You're so good, Lord. Touch our hearts. Deliver us from the distractions. 
conquer all of the place where our affections have been given to other things, all of the craving and the appetites of this natural man. I pray by that great grace, Holy Ghost, help us to bring even our natural appetites subject to Jesus as King. Lord, we want you to rule and to reign on the inside. May you be enthroned in our appetites, in our attention, in our affection. Jesus, we want you, um, but we realize that it takes you to have you. Give us grace. Holy Ghost, provide the fuel and sustain it. Lord, you call us, you fuel your pursuit that you put in our hearts, and then you reward us even though you do it all. You are amazing, Jesus. Um, and I'm asking you, Lord, to grant us grace to say yes in a greater way than we've known how to up until now. We want to give you this yes. We want to give you a greater yes, an excellent yes. Help us to do that, Lord. Help us to do that, Lord. I'm praying, speak to your people. May your voice come alive. Lord, reveal details, provide designs, give blueprints, amazing grace to be able to just start running, to just start going for it. Extended times, whatever that means for us personally, individually, extended times. Extended times, extended times, grace to come away, grace to be with you, grace to go for it, grace to deny ourselves meals and days and grace to just go. Help us, Lord, to love you um, because you're worthy of a people that would love you um, and that would love you well. This is your reward. Have your possession. This is your prize, your inheritance. The people you purchased with your own blood. Lord, we are yours. But what's even better than that is that you are ours. Holy consume us, King Jesus, we pray. And it's in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's truly an honor to be able to just talk about this. And especially in the times that we're living in, I just, I, I brought up before a beautiful urgency is really happening. And it, it's beautiful to even see that people are uh, just as involved they were tonight in the comments, just really wanting to love Jesus well and to go after that. Yeah. So make sure you go back, re-listen to some of this if uh, you need to. But I just want to let everybody know that as I brought up tomorrow, uh, Gold Street, we're starting a corporate fast from Tuesday through Saturday. And that's just, uh, I'm going on a water fast personally, but as we heard from Michael tonight, and just make sure you, a fast is, is food or aspects of food. So do what the Lord has placed in your heart, but let's do this together and let's find a way to just stay focused yeah. and fall more in love with Jesus. Really use the time to be with him. And, and I, I'm just looking forward to the prayer time this week. Cause I know that that's the, that's, that's so awesome. Like just getting positioned right now. So, well, thank you so much. We're going to be in touch, man. We're going to have you back real soon. I'd have you come every week <laughs> if I could, man. <laughs>
<laughs> oh, oh man. I'm well, honored, bro. I love you, man. Thank you. And, and let your wife, uh, let her know how much we appreciate you uh, being with us tonight. We know that that's a – and congrats on the, the new baby on the way. Uh, just Woo-hoo! so close. So it's so exciting. Yeah. Well, we yeah. love you, sir. Have a wonderful evening, and we'll be in touch. You too. Thank you, man. Awesome. Well, we love you all so much. Make sure you uh, you tune in to uh, go to Michael Dow's channel, uh, go to burningones.org, get his resources, get all the content that you can. Such a blessing having him this evening. Tomorrow night is our main service. So Tuesday, meet us at 455 Riviera Road. We are having service at seven o'clock and we're so excited. The Lord has put a, a word on my heart that we're going to be launching into as we go into this is that the word is called position for power. We're going to be really talking about sign wonders and miracles and going after that position of heart to see that manifest more in our communities, our families, and in our regions. So come tomorrow. I know it's going to be an extravagant evening in the presence of God. Bring friends, bring family, bring coworkers. Come tomorrow night hungry. We'll see you at seven. We love you all. God bless.